Hello, pod people. I'm DA, still alive and still reporting from quarantine, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. Since February is both Black History Month and the month of love, with Valentine's Day just around the corner, it got me wondering about how the enslaved managed to express love even though the horrors of slavery surrounded them. So we will explore what romantic connections look like during this dark period in American history and honor the victims who had the courage to love even if it meant losing their own lives. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. When the American colonies began to increase in the numbers of those they enslaved around the early 1700s, they adopted what is known as slave codes. And as our listeners know, I like to start off by defining terms so that we are all on the same page. Slave codes were regulations that restricted the rights of the enslaved, basically a codification of their inhumane treatment. And one of the slave codes restricted the rights of the enslaved to get married. The slave code in quote states, the slave has no rights. Of course he or she cannot have the rights of a husband, a wife. The slave is a chattel and chattels do not marry. The slave is not ranked among sentient beings, but among things and things are not married, end quote. The term chattel means a personal possession, and so chattel slavery meant that one person is the personal possession of the other. So right off the bat, we know that this dark period of history, the enslaved were forbidden to marry as they were seen as things and not humans. Further, white people in that time period did not believe that the enslaved even had the capacity to feel and express love. Thomas Jefferson in 1787 stated that the enslaved, in quotes, are more ardent after their female, but love seems with them to be more an eager desire than a tender, delicate mixture of sentiment and sensation, end quote. Essentially, Thomas Jefferson was relaying the trope that the enslaved were incapable of experiencing deep love and true romance and dismisses any forms of human attachments as mere lust and animalistic desires. Yes, you heard that right. Thomas Jefferson. That Thomas Jefferson, who repeatedly raped his enslaved Sally Hemings, who was trafficked to him as an inheritance gift when she was just an infant and fathered six of her children when all was said and done. That Thomas Jefferson. And yes, you heard me correctly. It was rape. She had no rights as she was considered his possession. And by his own words, he didn't believe in her capacity to love because he didn't believe the enslaved could experience the same human emotions as himself. And most white people at that time felt the same way, hence the slave codes. Yet as we will discuss throughout this episode, the extraordinary capacity and courage to love that the enslaved would show should serve as an inspiration to us all, especially those who are in relationships or wanting to be in a healthy, long, loving relationship. And I think Professor Tara Hunter, who studies the romantic relationships of the enslaved at Princeton University, said it best in an interview with NPR's Michael Martin. She stated that in quotes, I see this in the records, the deep love and the deep commitments that people had to their families, the lengths that people went to in order to preserve and protect those relationships at the risk of punishment, at the risk of death, end quote. 
Even with extraordinary cruelties that they suffered, and even though they had no legal rights under the law, the enslaved still pursued love and still got married. In fact, the enslaved valued love and marriage so much that it became the thing that provided for them comfort and beauty while horrors surrounded them, according to History.com. And it is of no surprise that it was marriage equality that the enslaved sought after first when slavery ultimately ended. Because as I mentioned before, the enslaved were considered possession which meant they had no legal standing to go before the courts or religious clergy and wed the person they love. Those rights were in the hands of slave owners, the lowest form of human beings. And yeah, I said it. If you enslave a human being, you are lower than dog shit. And it goes without saying as to how cruel slave owners were in their attempts to destroy the enslaved's capacity to love. Slave owners weaponized romantic unions between the enslaved, encouraging unions only when it satisfied the needs of slave owners. They would literally breed slaves, forcing two enslaved people into a union in the hopes they would have more children so the slave owner could increase the numbers of those they enslaved without having to buy a slave on the market. Or they can increase the enslaved to sell and make money. Any signs of love between the enslaved Slave owners would ensure they were paired with two different enslaved people on the plantation to weaken the bond. Or slave owners would repeatedly rape one of the spouses. They also commonly engaged in horrific family separations where slave owners would separate each member of a family and heinously sell them to different slave owners far away where some would never be reunited again. Like I said, slave owners are lower than dog shit. Henry Box Brown, a formerly enslaved, recounts the heinous separation from the love of his life and their three children in his memoir entitled The Narrative of the Life of Henry Box Brown. You see, Henry endured a dramatic and harrowing escape from the cruelties of slavery in 1849 by placing himself in a box of goods for 27 hours as it made its way from Richmond, Virginia to the free city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is how he got his name, The Box. While enslaved, Henry met and fell in love with another enslaved named Nancy. They married, and, and we will get to the enslaved marriage ceremonies a little later in the episode, but they got married. And no less than a year, true to form, the slave owner sold Nancy to another owner. And that wasn't the only time. Although Nancy was sold several times more, Henry and Nancy's love grew deeper, and they created a beautiful family with three children, while each time enduring the cruel and heinous separations. So one day, a lower than dog shit slave owner, wanting to exploit Henry's pain and trauma of the constant separations from the love of his life and his three children, he promised Henry that if he paid a certain amount of money, which would amount to a portion of how much they were selling Nancy for, the slave owner would purchase her to keep her in the same area as Henry. And then if he came up with another sum of money, Nancy would essentially be given back to Henry and they could live together. Yeah, it's a pretty disgusting hostage situation. And out of his great love and desperation, Henry essentially agrees and gives him all his money. And the slave owner, being lower than dog shit and inhumane, takes all of his money, binds Nancy and his children in chains, throws them into cages, and proceeds to sell them off one by one while Henry looks on in horror. Just absolutely disgusting inhumanity and cruelty. 
But what caught my attention was the most beautiful words that Henry wrote in his memoir, which demonstrates the extraordinary capacity of his love for his family. Henry states, in quotes, My eye soon caught her precious face. I seized hold of her hand while my mind felt unutterable things. I went with her about four miles hand in hand, but both our hearts were so overpowered with feeling that we could say nothing. And when at last we were obliged to part, the look of mutual love which we exchanged was all the token which we could give each other that we should yet meet in heaven, end quote. Henry's words are so powerful and deeply moving. It gives me chills to think of his courage and strength when facing the gut-wrenching heinous separation. In a moment of deep agony, he expressed a love for his wife so strong that he knew death could not conquer it. In the face of unimaginable heartbreak and cruelty, Henry leaned into love, the only thing they could never take away from him. That, to me, is the very definition of true love. The very love that people waste and take for granted. The transformative power of love that gives you the courage to face a moment like that. And for our generation, the millennial generation, I've said it before in prior episodes, we really struggle with matters of the heart. Just take a moment and imagine for yourself the type of love that Henry had for Nancy. Imagine how powerful that level of love is. Now ask yourself, what would it mean to have that level of love in your life? That someone loves you so much that not even death could conquer it. Now ask yourself, if you could envision giving that level of love to someone else, that sacrificial love, I want you to think of Henry and Nancy's love the next time you want to take love for granted. Think about that level of love the next time you want to ghost or cheat on someone who has placed their trust in you. I want you to think about Henry and Nancy the next time you decide to spend time with a person who is unworthy of it because they treat you less than the standard you are owed. I don't know if Henry and Nancy were ever reconciled. In fact, there are no further accounts as to what happened to Nancy and his children. But one thing we do know, Henry and Nancy experienced true love, even through insurmountable odds. And Henry and Nancy were not the only ones. In my research, I read the stories of countless enslaved, demonstrating such extraordinary love in the face of such cruelty. And slave owners worked overtime in their cruelty to do everything to try and hinder that love. In the 1850s, slave owners introduced laws that weaponized the love that the enslaved had for one another. If a family member managed to escape slavery, the laws allowed slave owners to punish the family members that remained in captivity. In an act of sacrifice and true love, countless slaves would end up returning to the horrors of slavery in order to save the lives of those they loved. Love so powerful that it would return to the horrors of slavery to be with the people that they love instead of living their lives in freedom without them. My God, what capacity to love that one would sacrifice their very lives to live with the ones they love in captivity. In slavery, one faces torture, cruelties, and even death. And yet, the enslaved, through the trauma and horrors that they knew they would face, still had the capacity to love, a love so powerful that it would return to slavery to be with the ones they loved. Imagine a world that demonstrated this level of love. 
I feel anyone facing that amount of degradation and unimaginable human suffering would give up on the world, become embittered, full of rage and hate, but not our ancestors. They couldn't be broken of their capacity to love. They couldn't be broken of the joy they managed to carve out for themselves through such a dark period in our history. They didn't just have the courage to love, they created their own ceremonies to make their unions official, even though the laws and the church did not recognize them. Darlene Goring of the Louisiana State University Law Center states that because the enslaved could not solemnize relationships in a court or a church, they developed their own ceremonies and traditions, one we have all heard of and are most familiar with, a practice called jumping the broom, which is still performed to this day by black couples in honor of our ancestors. In the memoir, 12 Years a Slave, Solomon Northup describes a wedding ceremony of one of the enslaved. Solomon stated, in quote, Red, the deep blood red is decidedly the favorite color among the enslaved damsels of my acquaintance, end quote. Those who attended the marriage ceremonies would wear bright colored sashes and stockings and bright ribbons with handkerchiefs. The enslaved women would adorn their hair with wreaths made out of beautiful flowers. And although darkness, oppression, and injustice surrounded them, their marriage ceremonies were filled with laughter and dancing and music. And most of all, a bold, courageous love that hatred could never conquer. And instead of the couple reciting, till death do you part, the enslaved would recite to each other till death or distance in their vows, vowing to love even if they face being separated in some way. And even after slavery ended in 1863, the enslaved kept their vows that distance wouldn't be a barrier to their love. Professor Hunter stated that once slavery ended, the enslaved would travel miles and miles searching for their loved ones to be reunited with them. She had the opportunity in her research to review letters sent by the enslaved to different government agencies and churches in the hopes of finding the ones stolen from their lives. And as I had mentioned earlier, in the years following the Civil War, marriage for the formerly enslaved was legalized, which caused a boom in marriages among the enslaved, one of the very first sought-after rights, the legal legitimization of their extraordinary capacity to love. And so this Black History Month and Valentine's Day, I ask you this one question. What is your capacity to love and be loved, especially in the face of extraordinary circumstances? Think on that. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition. Continue wearing the mask as President Biden has asked us to do. Practice social distance. Get vaccinated if you are able to. And I look forward to engaging with you all soon.